Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. He has been called many things, but we just call him Roy. This is The Roy Green Show. Yesterday, I uh, had the opportunity to speak with Dr. Patrice Harris. She's the chair of the American Medical Association's Opioid Task Force, and uh, they were in Vancouver to address the American Academy of Pain Medicine. And the session was titled, CDC Guideline, Where Do We Stand? Advocating for Physicians and Their Patients in Pain. I wanted to find out what the American Medical Association's view of pain patients and opioids was about. Have a listen. So you're addressing the American Academy of Pain Medicine uh, in Vancouver. That's why you're there this weekend. And uh, I, I read you're advocating for physicians and the patients in pain. So my question is, what does the advocacy consist of? I've spoken to U.S. chronic pain patients who've been abruptly cut off their opioids after 10, 15, or 20 years of prescribing by the same doctor who cut them off. And the doctor has done that because he or she feared for his or her future as a doctor if opioids continue to be prescribed. Is that something that you know is going on and something that you have concern about, that doctors are so afraid of what will happen to them if they prescribe opioids that they simply cut off their patients? Well, advocacy for our patients and the sanctity of the physician-patient relationship, if you will, is a key component of our work in addressing this opioid epidemic. Uh, we do know uh, that in some of the policies that have been recommended and some of the um, new regulations that have been legislated, there have been some where there are these arbitrary pill limits and these arbitrary dose limits. And that has led to, unfortunately, unintended negative consequences, particularly for patients in pain. I do hear often, I receive letters. uh, When I'm out speaking, patients come up to me and say that uh, uh, they are more stigmatized now uh, that um, there has uh, been this, and I I will say appropriate zeal, no, no question. This is a huge epidemic and we needed action, but the AMA has always advocated for balance in that, yes, we have to address the opioid epidemic and we have to make sure that uh, there is appropriate prescribing. But in our doing so, we must not cause those unintended consequences so that our patients who who are in chronic pain don't get the care that they need. And unfortunately, uh, that is happening. Well, I've I was spoken just, to um, on a conference call the other day, and and there were some uh, physicians who work in palliative care, and they were discussing how they uh, have been unable to to get some IV pain medicines um, because of shortage. Yeah, I, I was speaking with the the widow and uh, the orphan of a 52 year old man who was cut off his opioid pain medications that he'd been receiving for quite a few years. He went from doctor to doctor to clinic to clinic, and he was told now he's an addict, and he and he wasn't. He was taking the prescribed amount that he'd been taking for a good long period of time, and he was just abruptly and totally cut off. He went into his backyard, Dr. Harris, took a gun with him, shot himself in the head, and died. That's not the only such incident that I've heard. 
I've heard about patients who have been just absolutely without any consideration for what they've gone through, cut off their pain meds, and they've committed suicide. And I'm, I'm asking this. Are we not in a situation where sometimes there's conflating of the drug addict who buys his or her drugs on the street corner and is not a chronic pain patient with the chronic pain patient? So when the opioid crisis is talked about, is it talked about, is it, is it referencing the, the, the pain patient who is receiving the opioid medication which restores some quality of life, or is it the, and I'm reluctant to use the term, but I do use it, the generic drug addict who goes to the street corner, has no chronic pain issues, but is addicted to the opioids and other substances? Well, I think you make a critical point, and we have to have those conversations, and we have to have those nuanced conversations, because I think uh, what you uh, discuss is really how, in some ways, as policies are developed or as we have discussions, we don't um, dissect out those different patient populations who have different needs. You are correct. There are many folks who've been on opioids for years on a certain dose, doing well, have never uh, taken them in a way that is not prescribed to their physician. Some physicians are using urine drug screens and have always been appropriate. Those folks are not folks who have substance use disorder. Folks who have substance use disorder are often using uh, the medications not as medically prescribed. And, and we also have to appreciate, though, that they do um, have a substance use disorder. And in the same way that we should not stigmatize the patients who are in chronic pain, as you just mentioned, and make sure they have uh, compassionate care. But do I hear you saying, Dr. Harris, do I hear you saying that... Who have substance use disorder. Do I hear you saying that the chronic pain patient who is taking the prescription amount that the, he or she and the doctor has decided on is a substance abuser? Absolutely. That is not what you heard me say. Okay. So, I just no, want to be sure no. of that because I I've said, heard that as well from, I from people. Not, I said that would not meet, would not meet the criteria okay. for a substance use disorder. That is different. I, but I just said those patients who take their medications as prescribed, they are not... Uh, they would not meet the criteria for a substance use disorder. So, so they no, shouldn't be cut no, off. No, no. They no. are different. They shouldn't but be they cut off. But they both deserve our care. Well, the, the, the chronic pain patient is receiving care, and that care is being arbitrarily ended by doctors who fear for their licenses. So that patient is There's not no getting question. care any longer when that happens. You, you are correct. There's no question that these arbitrary sort of dose limits and pill limits are increasing the pressure. But at the end of the day, uh, the decision uh, about a dosage or an appropriate medication should be between the doctor and the patient. But you actually appropriately point out that with uh, some rules and regulations and uh, limits, uh, it is uh, like forcing uh, patients to taper meds as they shouldn't. Uh, but, however, the AMA encourages and continues to encourage, even uh, with perhaps some of that pressure, that tapering and the decisions about a medication should be made between the physician and the patient. Right, but so I am aware of some of the, the pressures that you described. So the chronic pain patient should be 
tapered as well, even though what the chronic pain patient is using is restoring quality of life. Let me just run this past no, you. I yeah. got this from the pain. No, uh, you got. If I, I need to, no, no, I, I you didn't can't say let that. that go because that is not what I said. I did not say the chronic pain patient should be tapered. I said the decision about whether or not to taper or whether or not to maintain on a dose should be between the patient and the physician. Period. No right. one should be period. tapered if they're doing well on a medication and functioning well. Uh, no, there is no. There should be no forced tapering. Okay. Now the CDC, and I got this from the uh, Pain News Network. The CDC just over a month ago acknowledged the agency's methods for tracking overdose deaths are inaccurate, and have significantly overestimated the number of Americans who've died due to prescription opioids. This, in an editorial in the American Journal of Public Health, four researchers from the CDC's Division of Unintentional Injury Prevention write many overdoses involving illicit fentanyl and other synthetic black market opioids have been erroneously counted as prescription drug deaths. And under a new conservative definition, one that excludes the high proportion of deaths involving synthetic opioids like fentanyl, the death toll from prescription opioids is cut nearly in half. Well, there's no question, and that points out the need to have accurate information and accurate tracking and, and for many reasons actually I was at a meeting yesterday and uh, there was a, a former DE agent DEA agent who talked about the fact that um, in some small areas where there's perhaps not a medical examiner and not the funding to really do the more uh, detailed uh, tox screens uh, that the death may be listed as respiratory depression um, without the advantage of being able to uh, determine if there were underlying um, drugs involved. And so there's no question um, that from beginning to end, uh, we need to make sure that we have the appropriate data and are, and are tracking these deaths appropriately because without the appropriate data, we will not be able to develop the appropriate a policy solution. So, um, I'm, you know, glad that uh, CDC uh, sort of pointed that out, and we need to continue to aspire uh, to having the correct data so, again, we can develop appropriate intervention. Dr. Patrice Harris, the chair of the American Medical Association's Opioid Task Force, as we recorded yesterday, and they were in Vancouver to address the American Academy of Pain Medicine. The session, again, was titled CDC Guideline, Where Do We Stand Advocating for Physicians and Their Patients in Pain? It's interesting that you have four members of the CDC, so senior members of the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, criticizing the way the CDC has been uh, amassing statistics on opioid use. The patient is still getting the short end of the stick. We'll come back with part two of the interview after this. Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. This is the Roy Green Show. So it continues to be an uphill battle for the uh, chronic pain patient. Here again is Dr. Patrice Harris, the chair of the American Medical Association's Opioid Task Force, as we spoke yesterday. I'm not sure it came from the CDC. I think it came from those four individuals, but I want to read you something else. Uh, this is from 2017. A top official for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention 
has acknowledged the prescription painkillers are no longer the driving force behind the nation's so-called opioid epidemic. In testimony last week at a congressional hearing, Deborah Hurry, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly, MD, director of the CDC's National Center for Injury Prevention and Control, said the heroin and illicit fentanyl were primarily to blame for the soaring rate of drug overdoses. Although prescription opioids were driving the increase in overdose deaths for many years, most recently the large increase in overdose deaths has been due mainly to increases in heroin and synthetic opioid overdose deaths, not prescription opioids. Importantly, the available data indicate these increases are largely due to illicitly manufactured fentanyl. So she's saying that it's not the actual legally uh, uh, manufactured opioids, it's the illegally manufactured fentanyl that's causing the deaths. And that's from the CDC again. So how, how sure is the medical profession that there is, in fact, an opioid epidemic underway involving chronic pain patients? Well, um, so I would say there's an opioid epidemic, period. And it involves more than just chronic pain patients. So, again, we have to be really careful. So there is certainly an opioid epidemic. This epidemic has evolved. Dr. Howery is correct. Originally, deaths from prescription opioids were the main driver. And as she so states, today, the main driver of overdose and overdose deaths are fentanyl and heroin. And so the epidemic has evolved, and that also means that our policy solutions uh, should evolve. However, should evolve. However, what that means is we need to continue, again, to make sure that uh, opioids, prescription opioids, are appropriately prescribed uh, only when the benefits outweigh the risk and to start at the lowest effective dose for the shortest duration of time, we should continue to do that. But we, there should not be a singular focus on prescription opioids. We also need and have always needed a multidisciplinary, comprehensive public health approach uh, to the opioid epidemic. Remember, opioids include both prescription opioids and heroin and fentanyl. They're all opioids. And we no, need and I, targeted I understand strategic that. Uh, policy interventions to address all of the segments of this epidemic or all of the drivers of this epidemic. Well, um, and I apologize for mispronouncing the doctor's name, um, but it seems to me, based on the research I've done, and it's a lo- I've done a great deal of research, and I've spoken with many, many chronic pain patients in Canada and in the United States, with doctors, with our federal minister of health, in this country about the issue. And it seems to me that the only addiction that exists with chronic pain patients is the addiction to live pain-free. It seems to me, based on, and this is just my anecdotal information, that the crisis, if there is one, the crisis exists with the what I called earlier the, uh, the, 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 the street corner uh, addict and not the, the, the chronic pain patient. I think the, the emphasis has been shifted, unfortunately, and now, now we have the chronic pain patients who are paying for um, a critical situation that is not of their making and should not really involve them. Well, the crisis exists uh, in all 
walks of life and in all situations, which is why just having a singular focus on one or the other is not appropriate. And you are uh, correct that there have been some unintended and negative consequences uh, for those who uh, have, as you state and as I know, have been taking their uh, opioids for many years. And that is why the AMA continues to call for balance in policy and in regulations uh, so that we mitigate any unintended consequences Uh, for folks who are in chronic pain. People in chronic pain deserve compassionate care, just as those who have substance use disorders. Mm -hmm. I think the people who are in chronic care deserve their opioids. Dr. Aris, I I do appreciate your involvement and some of the things that you've said to me. I wish some of the other doctors I've spoken to would also have acknowledged, and that is that uh, chronic pain patients are being harmed and in increasing numbers, I've talked to doctors who've told me that among their, in their conversations, pain management physicians, in their conversations with their peers, unofficially, they talk about a rising suicide rate among chronic pain patients who are denied their opioids. And another chronic pain uh, specialist and anesthetist told me there are four steps. There's pain, social isolation, depression, and suicide. And to drive a chronic pain patient to suicide is really one of the worst um, abuses of human rights that I can think of. I'm not suggesting you're doing that. Well, I'm a, suggesting that that is, yeah, it's I, happening and it's awful. That is an unacceptable outcome, which is why uh, the AMA, again, will continue to advocate for, for balance. Uh, we will also advocate for equitable access to non-opioid and non-pharmacologic options for pain. So, again, a comprehensive, uh, multi-pronged, strategic solution is what is required. So there's uh, Dr. Patrice Harris, the chair of the Opioid Task Force for the American Medical Association. I just received an email about an hour ago from the husband of Carrie. You remember Carrie was on the air with us. She's the, uh, the American pain patient. People were in tears listening to her who after 15 years was having her her meds just arbitrarily cut off by the same doctor who had prescribed them for her for 15 years, and she wasn't able to to find another doctor. Well, she is now, according to the email that I received from her husband, she's now without medication. And where that's going to lead, I hesitate to think. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll wrap things up for this weekend.